This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. As you've gone on your path to living the one thing, have you ever found yourself struggling to identify where to start? Have you looked at all the things that are on your list? Maybe you've looked at some of your big goals and asked the question, what is the one thing I can do? Such that by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary. This is a very common challenge people have. And from a high level, the challenge is we're good at thinking big and acting big. We struggle to think big and go small. What we mean by that is we struggle that based on that big vision that we have for ourselves, that big goal, we don't always know the one simple thing that if we just knocked that domino down this week, it would automatically put us on track for a goal in the distant future. It's why we say people struggle to have a relationship with their goals. It's because they don't know how to find their lead domino. In this episode, we have the pleasure of featuring one of you. Somebody who has in the past year read the book and dove in as a subscriber of the One Thing podcast. You're going to hear his story of what was going on in his life when he first came across the one thing earlier this year. And you're going to hear us turn the tables and have a coaching conversation where we help him articulate what his big vision is for five to seven years from now and us walk through how to identify what his lead domino is. As you listen to this conversation, we want you to pay attention to how we set goals. It's not looking forward. It's goal setting to the now. And if you would like to have an experience like this person today, please check out our goal setting retreat by going to the onething.com slash event. That's with number one in the URL, the onething.com slash event. And this applies for you if you want to set goals with a significant other, with a business partner, with a team, or as yourself as an individual. It all starts by going to the onething.com slash event. With that, let's get into this episode with owner of Ed's Lobster Bar in New York City, Ed McFarland. Ed, what was life like prior to the one thing? I own Ed's Lobster Bar. I've been open for 12 years now. I've gone through some of the highs and lows in the restaurant industry, uh, a lot of struggles. I never really had any clear cut goals, but desire and my uh, will got me to where I was, but I could never seem to get myself to the next level. Mm. And give us a little more background on you. Married, kids, what, what's going on in the whole life of, of Ed? So I'm married for 11 years and I have two children, six and four, uh, both in school and uh, very, seem very happy and enjoying life. So that's, uh, that's very yeah. good. And home life is fantastic. I love spending time there. When you came, how long ago was it that you came across the one thing? So I came across the one thing. I believe I bought the book in February of 2019, read the book right away, came across the podcast, and I've been listening to the podcast since the beginning of April. Uh-huh. Love it. Okay. So we're, we're not that far removed from the, the, the life of being a restaurant owner, being a husband, being a father of two young ones. Mine are six and three. So you and I are both in the thick of it, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, I'm curious, when you read the book and you start listening to the podcast, what's that thing that goes off in your head and you go, oh, what was yeah. that? So the one thing that went off in my head is 
the lead domino. What is my lead domino to get me to the next level? And the other part of it is saying no, just saying no to people. Mm. That you can't do everything for everybody. You can't, you can't jump through hoops and, and run around like a madman. Yeah. So, so give give us a sense because I mean you've been in the restaurant business for for twelve years, which most businesses don't survive that long. Let alone a business in the restaurant business. Let alone a restaurant in New York City. So help us understand. So it's it's very it's very um, it can be very easy and it can be very complicated. So the restaurant opened up back in two thousand and seven was super successful right from the get-go, uh, made it through the recession in, in 2008, and came out really strong. And not to pat myself on the back, but the restaurant gets a lot of press. It gets a lot of TV time, blog posts, and, and the whole, all, all the marketing stuff that, that needed to happen to be successful in New York City and, and keep longevity in, in the brand. So I, I reached a point and uh, discovered that I was in a bad partnership about three years ago. And the, my partner sued me. And it really put me behind the eight ball. It was very expensive. I did have good friends that uh, did support me during the lawsuit uh, legally to uh, help me get, to get through it. But it was a big expense for me, an expense that I wasn't prepared to afford. The outcome was that I won the lawsuit, but we were still partners. Hmm. And I was really going against my inherent way of life, which was, I was a sleep when you die person. You need to work hard. You need to get it done. And I was mailing it in. And you know, if anybody knows the restaurant industry, the second you're not 100% committed and it's the first thing that you're concerned about every day, it doesn't work. And, but I was, I was determined to stay there and, and stay open in this bad partnership. But I was also determined that I was uh, not going to take any money of the business or allow my partner to get any money out of the business mm-hmm. because of the animosity and, and the ill will, the lawsuit that he lost, and he did not want to be bought out. Went through about 18 months, and we fast forward to last August, and he agreed to a reasonable buyout. And the second we signed the paperwork, it was a big relief off my shoulders. But I sat there and I said, what am I going to do buying this restaurant out? I've kind of remained status quo and didn't push to build the brand, uh, to further the brand and, and stay valid in the public eye for almost three years. And as a result, my sales were dipping, but I was still fully committed to the brand. And I, I was going to go full on with the buyout, which is what I did. So you fast forward, you, you go through the buyout, you then come across the one thing. How were you introduced to it? So I believe I, um, it was one of two ways. I either heard about it from somebody else being interviewed on another podcast, or I actually believe I just saw the book when I was browsing through Barnes & Noble. And just to give you an idea of, of me reading, I hadn't read a book in three years or four years. Somebody who used to read a lot, not books per se, but stayed up on current events, newspapers and and magazines. I had not touched a book in three years. Hmm. I started exercising in... So just just to get you where I got to, I started listening to podcasts in December, mostly fitness stuff. I, I knew that 
something wasn't right in my head and something was telling me, get yourself back in better shape. I started exercising six days a week. I started to, to get clarity on direction because I needed direction to go somewhere, but I, I couldn't find how I was going to get there. I started reading again. I, I started reading self-help books and, and other books. I came across the one thing and I read it and it just stuck with me. Can it really be that simple to start with one little thing and everything else is going to fall in the direction that you need it to go? Hmm. What did you find? What did I find? I found that I was still jumbled all over the place. I was still reading other books besides listening to this podcast and, and other ones and, and getting the message. I was jumbling all sorts of different things together. Mm-hmm. I was always coming back to how do I get to the lead domino, but I was looking at this other system or another system or somebody else resonated their story of how they, they wrote their book and, and got their life together and how they're helping people. I was trying to take pieces of the one thing which I kind of inherently knew were going to work and add them to other things that I thought would would make my own system. But I really was I was getting places. I was doing 66 day challenges which were moving me forward, but I wasn't getting the results at the end of the day because I wasn't getting small enough. Oh well let's dive in there. What was the first 66 day challenge you did? So I did a meditation challenge was my first 66-day challenge. Hmm. And for somebody who is uh, very OCD and doesn't sit still, I, I found a way to meditate for 10 minutes every day. And I have been doing that um, since the beginning of April. And I meditate every single morning. That is awesome. What, how has that impacted your life? Well, well, I, I got to tell you, it's actually been life-changing in the respect that um, I've always been a high-energy person, but I don't crash anymore at night. Mm. I, I, if I sit down on the couch, I used to fall asleep. I don't fall asleep on the couch. I sit there and I read. Um, I'm not snappy anymore with people or not as much as I used to be because I guess I still, I, I still do snap uh, from time to time. and. Um, but I notice an overall calmness that's come about me. I think things through better, and it increasingly gets better as time goes on and the more that I stay with it. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I'm curious because you just even the first 66 day challenge for, for somebody who's, who's a mover and a shaker to pause and think for 10 minutes or breathe just for 10 minutes a day. I know how hard that is, yet you've locked that in. I mean, we're talking. Six months later, you're still doing it as a habit. And yet you said you did these things and uh, you still felt like you weren't getting anywhere because you weren't going small enough. What do you mean by that? You know, so I'm an avid listener of the podcast and I hear everybody about goal setting. I still, still to this day, I don't think I'm getting small enough. Hmm. But I, I started writing out my goals, where I wanted to be, what I was looking at. I can, I, I I got a lot of clarity from from all the little things and changes that I made to my life, but I I still have this trouble finding the lead domino. I I still think that I'm jumping ahead of where I need to be 
to get the results that I want. Got it. Well, you want to figure it out? I definitely want to figure it out 100%. All right, cool. You want to do it now? That'd be great. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Fast forward and you, you understand how to go small. What's that big goal that you're going toward? How will you know if you're successful? I'll know that I'm successful because I will have the freedom to spend the time with my family that I want to spend. I will have the complete team built in place for the restaurant empire that I'm trying to build. I will have achieved all the smaller goals along the way, the TV appearances, the shows, the product development, the additional locations. That's that's the plan. Okay. How far out do you think that is? I think that I am five to seven years out. Okay, cool. Well, here, here's, here's the good news. Gary says you're never more than five years away from everything you could possibly want. Inside of that, it assumes that you're living the one thing and thinking and acting in the right <laughs> priority. But you know, that, that's, that I believe is all possible for you. So if we, if we fast forward five to seven years, Ed, and we imagine you've got that work-life counterbalance, you've got time with your family where you're present, you've got an amazing team in place that is helping scale the, the restaurants that you want to have. You're able to be an interesting character inside of the brand, doing the TV appearances. You, in, you've got the product development, the locations. And I want you to imagine you're standing there and you're reflecting back on your time between now and then. What's the one thing you did that made everything else easier or unnecessary? Because I could totally see the vision standing there. I could see my family around, which is, which is amazing. The one thing I did was I got laser focused on building a team and budgeting. Got laser focused on on building a team and budgeting. Okay? I'm taking notes. (laughs) What's the one between those two? Building the team. Does building the team make budgeting easier or does budgeting make building the team easier? Uh, Chicken and egg question. Uh So I think it can go both ways. But for somebody like me, I think building the team becomes more important than budgeting. Okay. Because somebody on my team can actually handle the budgeting for me to review. Awesome. So you got really laser focused on building a team. What's the one thing you can do, Ed, such that by doing it would make building a team easier or unnecessary? Let go control. Tell me more. So one of the things about me that, that I've kind of realized since I've got started going through this process of a GPS and building a 411 is letting people into the nitty-gritty, dirty stuff and the details in mm-hmm. financials that that I think is probably what's holding me back. Now, I have accounting people who know everything, but bringing in a management team of outsiders and making them privy to the mistakes that I've made along the way that I'm trying to correct is, is a tough one for me. Okay, okay. 
Today, every industry uses tech. High-paying careers in the software industry, data analytics, data science, and product design are vital to our future. To take your place in the world's next workforce, you need the right tech skills. You need an education that leads to a career. You need Thinkful. Thinkful is a better way to learn. All the courses are taken completely online with full-time and flex study options. So you can commit 100% or keep working while you level up your skills. Thinkful offers an unmatched level of one-on-one support. You're paired up with a personal mentor on day one who's always on hand to help you along the way. You'll also work with an expert career advisor, helping you put together the perfect resume and organizing mock interviews to ensure you're hired within six months of completing the course. The best part? If they don't help you get a job within six months, your tuition is fully reimbursed. Thinkful is focused on high growth fields that are building the future of tech. It's time to take your place in the world's next workforce with Thinkful. Go to thinkful.com slash the one thing to start building the future you want. That's T-H-I-N-K-F-U-L dot com slash the one thing. Have you heard about Gusto? Gusto's One Thing is helping small business owners run payroll and file taxes. Something that for many of us business owners isn't our one thing. And if you're still wearing those hats, you have an awesome opportunity to seek leverage. So many of the old payroll processors out there were not designed for the way that modern businesses operate today. And Gusto is. That's why 90% of customers say that switching to Gusto was easy. 85% of them say running payroll is now easier than it was with their previous provider. And 74% of customers say that it takes them 10 minutes or less to run payroll with Gusto. It's because Gusto was built for small businesses from the start. It works with you. Unlimited payrolls, off-cycle payrolls, multiple states, multiple schedules, you name it. Gusto works with you. Everything in one place all online so that you can stay organized and take care of your business. And it integrates with your favorite tools to make your life easier. Tools like QuickBooks, Xero, Google, and more. Gusto's turning old school payroll on its head and it's getting even better. It's why they won best online payroll for 2018. Listeners of the One Thing podcast can get three free months when they run their first payroll. You can try a demo and see for yourself today at gusto.com slash one. That's G-U-S-T-O dot com slash O-N-E. Gusto.com slash one. So that's letting go of control, but letting go of control assumes that you've built, that you've got the right people around you. And if we talk about, if you just let go of control, does that, does that make having the right people around you easier? No, definitely not. It would not make it easier. So I want you to imagine that you became the type of person who was able to recruit and retain exceptional talent. What's the one thing you did that made that possible? I had clear-cut expectations and descriptions for jobs and responsibilities. Oh, there we go. That's something there. And... If you, <laughs> you, you you said something very interesting, which is you've got uh, the right, you've built the right team around you. How will you know if you were successful having the quote right team around you? How will I know if I'm successful with the right team around me? Yeah. How would you describe the right team specifically? So the right team is aligned with my core values 
would be pushing forward and understand the direction of the brand as I see the vision for it. How many people do you think you're missing? Right now, probably two or three people down the road, maybe a year to two years from now, eight to 10 people. Okay. And of those two to three, who's the first? The first would be a general manager. A GM. Great. So here's, here's a question we ask when we know that we're missing a person. You're missing a GM. A pitfall that people fall into is they ask, what's everything that GM has to do? And they make a long list. And what they don't realize is they're falling prey to the number one lie of productivity. They treat everything like it matters equally. So that gonna, is... Oh, sorry. No, you go ahead. You just... You were say something good. So I, and that is, a, that is a problem I have had so one of the things I have done is in my new location in Sag Harbor, New York, I have attempted to hire a couple of GMs. And the last one, which I, 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 um, I, I've moved on from, is somebody that I had to actually sit them down and keep saying, you can't do 10 things at once. You need to focus on one thing. Multitasking does not exist. I know mm. you think multitasking is a way of life, but you're not getting anything done. You're all over the place. You need to focus on this. When you finish this, we'll go to this. And when you finish this, we'll go to this. And three specific things. I said, do this first, do this second, do that third. And we never got anywhere. And that's where my struggle has been is finding somebody who can stay focused to individual tasks as opposed to being all over the place. Great. Great. So let me ask you, this is a great question that you should write down and remember for every person you hire for the rest of your life. I have my pen out. What are the two to three things they have to do exceptionally well? Otherwise, they're fired. (laughs) Uh, So number one thing they would have to do exceptionally well is listen. That's first and foremost, they have to listen. Okay. That is the one thing that I require and I kind of mandate to all okay. of my employees. Listen, listen okay. to what I'm saying, because if you listen to what I'm saying, we're not going to have any issues. If you listen to what the customer is saying and you're present and paying attention, we're okay. not going to have any problems. Okay. So number one is they have to listen. And number two, that they, that they have to be able to do they have to be they have to be do exceptionally well oh the number two thing this is a tough uh, a tough one for me to to uh to think about because i said presence is part of the first answer yeah. and presence to me is 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 a really really big one but i think focus i think focus is is the number two is is the number two uh, thing that they have to be able to do? They have to be present and focused. I can I can work with people if they listen, they're present and focused. It's it's kind of three things, I guess. Is there anything specific to the role that you're going to need? Like, do they have to be able to manage a budget exceptionally well? Do they have to be able to hire people? Are there key things that are core to the job outside yes. of m- more behavioral things like listening and focus? You know, I'm a believer that if they have experience and even if it's not, if they're not fully up to speed on things, that they can be trained. But yes, they need to have a, a knowledge of uh, POS systems, a knowledge of 
reservation systems. They need to know how to use uh, a software like QuickBooks. Got it. They would certainly need to know how to create a budget, how to do scheduling. These so are they, all things that I we're, would we're now getting it. We're now getting into the eighty percent. That's part of the track record that you're looking for. But here, here's part of your homework, Ed, is to really think through. And this is a, a straight up make a to do list, turn it into a success list. What are all the things that you would want from that person? Make the long list, then start it the top and ask, is this a 20% that's going to generate 80% of their role? Yes or no? And Mm -hmm. keep going down the list until you've identified the the should do's from the could do's. And then you got to rank them. If they could could only have one thing, what is it that makes everything else easier on listening? Okay, they got to be an extraordinary listener. Should they earn the right to have a second skill? What would it be? They've got to be able to, to, to manage a budget. Should they earn the right to do a third thing? What would it be? You know, if you can go through that, once you've got your list of two to three things that are really, really, really important, you now have clarity on when somebody is sitting in front of you. Mm-hmm. You've got the filter for them. Are they a match at this point or not? So once you have that criteria, Let's assume you've got that criteria. We're not going to do that on the podcast because that, that's going to take time. What's the one thing you can do that would make finding that person easier or unnecessary? What's the one thing I can do to make finding that person easier or... Uh, the one thing is list the job description and then... Go through the points with the with the candidates to make awesome. sure that they fit those candidates those criteria. You got to post the job, right? <laughs> What's the one yeah. thing you can do to post the job? Go online and go on the site and put the description in. Yes, and, and in order to that you have to write the description. So, what's the one thing you can do that would make writing the description easier or unnecessary? <laughs> have my assistant do it. <laughs> uh, no, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I, sorry. I needed to make a joke there. Um, <laughs> what's What's the one thing that I can do is get the description written out. Yeah, narrow it down. And and what's the one thing you can do to get the description narrowed out? Block time. How much? An hour. Boom, my friend. You just identified a lead domino. (laughs) Do you see how we started way back? And I'm going to walk, pull the curtain back and show you what I did. I first and foremost wanted to know what success looks like. We have to understand what's the target that we're aiming at. And for you, you shared. It's this vision of five to seven years from now where you've got this amazing counterbalance with your family around you. You've got a restaurant empire. You've got an amazing team around you that runs it. You get to focus on appearances and being the interesting character inside the brand. And when I asked, well, what's the one thing you can do to make that happen? You said, get laser focused on building a team and budget. And I said, if you could only choose one, what would it be? And you said, build a team because I can find somebody who's great at budgets. Very good idea, by the way. Well, what's the one thing you can do for that? You said, let go of control. And I really asked, is that the thing that's going to make it possible? And you understood, you self-discovered, it was actually a distraction. So I just pulled you right back up. What's the one thing you can do to build a team? And you started going through that. And I really asked, how many people are you missing? Two to three. Well, who's the first? A GM. 
well, what are, what's the 20% of that GM? Let's get clear on what that job description is. And once you have the job description, what's the one thing you can do to make finding that person possible? Post the job. What's the one thing you can do to post the job? Write the description. What's the one thing you do to write the description? Block one hour. If you block one hour this week, Ed, you know you are on track for your five to seven year vision of having your empire an amazing counterbalance. It is that simple. It's just a matter of going through it. Yeah. It, it's, and for everybody who's listening, it's really tough to read the label when you're inside the box. <laughs> and we're all in a box called our life. And that's the beauty of, of a coach is they ask you questions and take you down a journey. So you self-discover what that domino is. Yes. And that is, that is amazing. Uh-huh. Now, had I had we reverse engineered it or flipped it the other way and I said, Oh, Ed, I know you want to achieve this goal. Just block one hour this week and you'll be on track. What would you have thought? <laughs> I would have said I didn't get my value for what I paid for. <laughs> okay. And you and you're not paying anything. This is free. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. I'm an ROI guy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. right. Investment. That's right. <laughs> when and that's the thing with setting goals, when we just set it looking forward. It's really tough to know what the what the priority is from the distraction, and we we discount of how very simple, subtle actions this week can really make a big impact over time. And that's why we struggle to have a relationship with our goals. We know that we know, you know your goal, Ed. You you're very clear on what that looks like. I I absolutely understood. You could visualize that five to seven year vision, but understanding the one domino that you could knock down this week that would automatically put you on track, you didn't. You didn't know how to bridge that gap. No, and that's been that's been my biggest problem uh, since I since I've started with with the one thing was how did I get to bridge that gap to get yeah. to to get small enough to make the description to block the time. I mean, I know to block the time. That's you know putting time in the calendar is is the easy part, sticking to it or getting to the point where you're going to actually use the time effectively was the issue I think I believe I was seeing. Correct. And when I'm looking, he sent me his GPS and his 411. And when I'm looking at your profitability goals for the year and the priorities that are going to get you there from budgeting to marketing and promotion to customer service, the, the, the trap that you're falling into right now is that the things that are listed on your GPS and your 411 are all still high-level results. Your profitability, your vendor pay down, the cookbook, the the what percent you want food costs versus labor costs, the PR firm. Yet what we're what I'm not seeing are the activities, the one hour time blocks that if you did that would put you on track for having your food costs and labor cost margins. That if you did that would put you on track for delivering the cookbook. That if you did that this week would put you on track for having the vendor pay down the way that you want it. And the way you get there is you start with the result and you ask one of two questions. If it's a result, you ask, what's the one thing I can do to achieve that? And if you get a vague answer like, I'd have to build a team, you ask, how will you know if you're successful? And you said, I'd have two to three people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's the one thing you can do to find two to three people? Find the first one. Great. How will you know if you're successful? (laughs) They would be an amazing listener. They'd be amazing at focus. They would be able to do POS systems. Great. Well, what's the one thing you can do to find that person? Post the job. Yeah. It it sounds so foolish for being open for 12 years to uh, to, uh, have to break it down that way, right? Um, But it, it really, when I guess when you are inside it, you don't... You don't see all the angles. Uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. Well, it's, it's, it's why the one thing works. It's really simple. It's really simple. But let's also, let's also be really clear, just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy. Right? That is true. And nothing, nothing that's worth time. Well, I shouldn't say nothing that's worth it is easy, but good things uh, can be very difficult to reach. Absolutely. Absolutely. If, if it was easy, you wouldn't value the journey. You wouldn't value the result. That is true. Yeah, life is... Um, there was a book I read called Principles by Ray Dalio. And he said, uh, the things that we value is when we learn to struggle well. You know, and he said, if, if Michael Phelps swam a few laps and they handed him 12 gold medals, it wouldn't mean much. <laughs> but seven days a week in the pool over the period of over a decade, those mean something. Yes. The, the, uh, the effort that, to, that you put in to get there. That's right, my friend. Well, first and foremost, I really appreciate you reading the book, diving into the podcast. I mean, you're relatively new to all of this, considering a lot of the people who listen to the show. And I love how you've been putting it into practice. Where else can we help you right now? Oh, where else can can you help me? You actually did help me because I have been forwarding the podcast certain episodes to my wife and I got her very interested. <laughs> I, I did. And I got her very interested into the, um, the, goal, the setting. goal setting retreat. Yes. Uh, although we can't go, we're discussing how we're going to do one of the, uh, the online programs that are offered yeah. to really dial down on our personal goals and get our uh, personal budget in line and, and enjoy time together for the next year. Oh man, I love it. Well, when, when you guys go through it, please circle back and let us know how it goes. Who knows? We might be doing a, a round two with you. <laughs> and, and I'm curious for people who happen to be uh, in the city at any point in time, how do they learn about the lobster bar? How do they learn about the lobster bar? Where Can I give the address? Yeah, please. The, the address is 222 Lafayette Street. We're in Soho. It's open seven days a week for lunch and dinner. Yeah, Ed's Lobster Bar, folks. I'm looking at the pictures online. I'm getting hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Catch us on social at Ed's Lobster Bar and the website's lobsterbarnyc.com. Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Great. Thank you very much. Well, there you have it. Our conversation with Ed McFarland, owner of Ed's Lobster Bar in New York City and a fan of the One Thing podcast and the One Thing book. Folks, this is what this show is all about. It's featuring people like you, everyday people who are going on their path of mastery to living the one thing. The reason we shared this episode with you now is because as we go into our goal setting retreat, as we go into that season, are you giving yourself permission to get out of your environment and to really cast a vision for what success looks like in the future. Do you have that crystal clear vision like Ed did to the point that he can can visualize his family surrounding him? He can visualize building this team of amazing people who are running a restaurant empire. Do you have that clarity? Because once you understand where you're going in the future, it makes setting your goals for this coming year a lot easier. Suddenly you are no longer distracted by the shiny objects, the shiny low-hanging fruit, those opportunities that are right in front of you that actually aren't going to take you 
where you want to go. You just got to follow a simple model. It's why we host a goal-setting retreat every single year. We hope that you will take the time before you listen to your next episode or go into that meeting to pause and go to the onething.com slash event and learn about our retreat. While it's branded as a couples retreat, half the room will be couples. And we also have tracks for business partners and teams as well as individuals. It's a chance for you to surround yourself with a bunch of high achievers to cast that someday vision and to get clear five-year and one-year goals in place so you can have a relationship with those goals over the next year. And if you just can't join us in Austin for the retreat this year, do what Ed's gonna do and get the course and host your own retreat from anywhere in the world. Starts by going to the onething.com slash event to learn more. If this episode has helped you, please do us a favor, share it with one person who you know needs to hear it. If you're that new person, welcome to the One Thing Podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe button because we've got a lot of amazing episodes coming your way and they will automatically be downloaded to your device. If you've not yet left us a rating or review or it's been a while, please leave us one on this episode on your podcast player of choice. It really helps us reach more people and live our purpose, which is helping you have a relationship with your goals. Thanks so much. And we look forward to being with you in the next episode. 